Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second annual Run Up the Score Fantasy Football Awards Show. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome around the score. It's Donald here with Scott. What are we doing that football's over? And Tom. Hey, everybody. Well, the football that we care about. Yes. Yeah, I honestly, I could go without watching any games. <laughs> we have entered the NFL playoffs, but meaning your fantasy football just, seasons yeah, are over. Yeah, me off, you know. I was going to say, but if it weren't me watching these games to see what might happen next year in fantasy. Right, right. The, the fantasy implications of what happens is important to me. Right. I don't care who wins the Super Bowl. Right. You just want to see like who plays well in these playoff yes. games for next year. I, I want to find a little. Corey Davis. You right. Know, I want to find yeah. you know the other people as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got some question marks on some of these playoff teams. So to see what they look like going forward, maybe some young guys taking leaps. Congratulations to those of you who secured your the fantasy bag. football championship oh, yeah. in week 17. Also, change your league settings for the love of God. Yeah, uh, uh, stinks week 17. We mentioned this for the week 17 preview, but uh, we're down to one episode a week now because of the playoffs. It's, we can kind of get it all done in one shot. But because of that, we get to do some some end of regular season, end of fantasy football season type stuff and that's going to start these are the fun ones yes this yeah. is this is the one we have a lot of fun there's with. no more waiver wire so yeah no. you know, <laughs> we got to kill time somehow. but we got some heroes baby um but we're going to be giving out our fantasy football awards including mvp man catch monday of the year nickname of the year all the fun stuff that you remember from last year's award show will be given out and uh gentlemen now that the fantasy football season is officially over can you just give me one thing that stands out in your mind as the storyline of fantasy football in 2018? I mean, one of the things that I, I think is really interesting, and someone tweeted about it, and I really it really made me think about it. Like, Your fantasy team is so contingent upon these running backs that are so replaceable in real life. Like, You look at James Conner and just get replaced by Jalen Samuels. You look at Todd Gurley, who's like one of the best players in the league, just get replaced by a guy who comes off the couch. So it's so crazy that like these guys that you put all your, you know, your weight in and everything in, all your all your money, all your investment so much draft in, capital. Like a guy from the couch can come and do the same thing it seems like as CJ Anderson goes for 300 total yards and two touchdowns in his two games yeah. with the Rams this year. And you mentioned James Conner like, don't forget what James Conner did instead of Le'Veon Bell. Exactly. Yeah, this is actually what I was going to say. It leads right into it is that the running backs, like the backup running backs dictate so much of how your fantasy season will go. Right. And, and how it ends. And I had this tweet that I put out, actually, and it got a lot of traction about like backing up or handcuffing the backup. Right. Like, say the main guy goes down when you're talking about like Le'Veon Bell. Kareem or Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Right. To handcuff the backup, be it um, Damian Williams, who outright won people championships, yes, or Jalen Samuels, who, also who outright won people championships, owning those three people at the correct timings never cost you more than two roster spots, and so was, it was easy the to same get. Same commitment from wire to wire, roster spot wise, and it was easy to get. Like Scott said, especially before news came out that like James Conner wasn't going to play. Right. If you have Le'Veon Bell, you handcuff him with James Conner. Yeah. So when you have James Conner and Le'Veon Bell is devoid of value. You handcuff them with Jalen right. Samuels. It's, but there's something about it because they're a backup, because they're already a handcuff, that feels some, it's like unnatural or right. stupid. It doesn't seem like it makes sense to do, but, but it's it, it genius. It's imperative. Yeah, actually. right. And I mean, 
like your loyalty to your running backs after you know the first four weeks of the season, even maybe even less, should not exist. You know, it's a what have you done for me position. Because like, I mean, your studs obviously game, just shine through. Too. Well, in the championship game of one of my leagues, I started Nick Chubb and Tevin Coleman over David Johnson, and it was the right move. Right. Well, yeah, yeah David you know, Johnson's so, a perfect example of that. I mean, Damian Williams, I played him through the playoffs. People who played him through the playoffs, yeah. obviously, they went and secured the bag. Right. Yes. It's it's hard. You know, I was Jamal Williams him, too. It's week sixteen. Jamal or yeah, Jamal Williams, uh, Elijah McGuire. Yeah. Not that he was like a typical handcuff right but it's just crazy that these guys that you draft these guys you put stock in like at the end of the year they didn't matter right yeah but because if you had elijah mcguire and cj anderson you had two top 10 running backs But what mattered most most was preparation and then like your ability to get them right and if it's not on the waiver wire it's so much easier to get these guys preemptively right those speculative ads that we talk about in the ad drop period where there's no resistance and you just stashed them away and that's part of when we talk about like getting skinny for the playoffs like not having two quarterbacks and two tight ends and stuff like that up your guys and you know your your bench will probably look like streamed defenses that you plan to use for the playoffs Right. right and some handcuff running backs in case you know, calamity hits. Yeah, and it Absolutely. hit hard this year. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. You know what? But it, it happens. It always that way. does. Though. Yeah, it, it does. Al- it calamity really does. will always strike every part at a point in every single season. It's just a matter of when it is and how you're able to adapt. To oh it. yeah. And because sure. of that, like another take, like we say it all the time on the show, but like quarterback does not matter, no. especially in the draft. Because like, who are the top five drafted quarterbacks this year? Rodgers, have- Brady, Breeze, um. Cam probably, yeah, and maybe like Wilson Desh- and Russell Wilson. Who were the top quarterbacks this year? Pat Mahomes, double digit ADP. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, undrafted in some of my leagues. Yeah, Jared Goff, double digit ADP. And then like, even you think like Andrew da- Luck, and it's so week to week too. Don, that's right. the thing is like there's so matchup proof that even like Josh Allen was the best quarterback Down over the, the last like twelve to six week seventeen weeks, and you didn't need to draft yeah. him. You didn't he even need to today. think about him until until week, 10. until week ten exactly, and he could have won you the league. So quarterbacks are so up and down. We say it the whole year, but even like a guy like Jared Goff, his amazing performances are tied to like four games. His huge stat lines are all tied to like four games. So he has twelve games of like okay, and then right. four games of being amazing. So and then avoiding certain matchups, like right. we avoided Chicago matchups, like the play. And you go and see in Cuck. Chicago. You right. go see Cuck Cousins <laughs> go out there, out there. even More at home. Even at home, yeah, yeah. And he puts up a turd, but it's it, at a point, especially by week seventeen. Let's be real; it you becomes know. obvious. And the point of fantasy football is to identify the trends before you know the people you're playing. Before you set your lineup, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, before you set your lineup, but before you, ha- so that you have the ability yeah. to you know circumvent the process of yeah. the draft yeah. and build a team you know, week by week yeah. that can compete yeah. every single week. Because yeah. it's just a weekly game. You score enough and you, you move know, on. You get For to sure. Show. Survive in advance. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and some of you will be surviving and advancing through the playoffs for daily fantasy purposes. We're going to we talk will. about all of the wild oh, yeah. card games going forward. And uh, we'll take care of that, um, you know, at the end of this episode. But right nice now, tease. it's time to get into our awards show. So let's get into it. And let's start off the way we Roll would normally start off our recap episode with our losers of the year i look around at us you know what i see losers and scotty can we start with you yeah i'm going with hugh jackson Ooh, i think he did a lot of big time losing this year first of all he's horrible in the time that he's there 
He doesn't recognize not that, a good showing on hard. He knocks. doesn't recognize that Baker Mayfield is the best rookie quarterback ever, <laughs> and benches him for. Tyrod was Taylor. also teaching him how to like coach. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "This is stuff. This stuff's on camera. So yeah, like, we can go show it to them. <laughs> right? Like, I can see these guys aren't hustling. Yeah, right. Like, he's being the coach. Yeah, he's like telling him what to do. Yeah. and which not, is why he had to start him. Right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he clearly knows everything. He knows more than me. Tyrod's <laughs> yeah. like, gonna be the offensive guy. coordinator next year if he's not careful. I hope to see him. You know, quarterbacking somewhere. And then, yeah. and then Hugh Jackson gets, you know, he gets canned, and he blames the team for like not being good enough. And they proceed to just kick ass the rest of the season. You know, they're like way over five hundred without him. Uh, every guy on the team besides Carlos Hyde was fantasy irrelevant while he was there. Then once, you know, even so just for fantasy purposes, once he left, everybody starts to get involved. You see Duke Johnson up here again. You see that was and Joku be like kind of wire to wire at a tight end one. Yeah. Uh, Landry shows some huge value with some great trick plays and some long touchdowns and stuff like that as the year went on. And like I said, Baker was unreal. Yeah. Nick Chubb was unbelievable, you know, possibly a I mean, rookie of the year we're candidate. We're guys like Callaway and stuff. Yeah. Like, and Playing. And it was completely turned around just in spite of Hugh Jackson. They yeah. they win more games, you know, they win three times more games in this half of the season without him than they did in the two and a half years that they had with yeah. him. And the fantasy, the, you know, the whole fantasy aspect just does a 180 for them. He's a huge, huge loser. Baker gives him that stare down and he deserved it. Absolutely. Um, Tom, you want me to go? You got it. If you, I'm ready. I'm okay, re- go I'm for it. Let's hear yours. Professional. All right. So. I would say my biggest loser here is Aaron Rodgers. You spend a high draft capital Too on him in fantasy football. Yeah, some might say, and I would agree this year. You know, he only had that one monster game, and it came in week 16. You were long so gone. Unless you made the championship despite him, you certainly lost. And he didn't have any 30 burgers besides that. He only crept up into the 28 range. And that's why you draft him for the 30 burgers. You want him for the 30 burgers. But you look around the league, right? It was such a great And they were all over year. the place. But it was such a great quarterback. Yeah. Year. Oh, you're saying 30 burgers. We're, we're everywhere. everywhere. Mitch Trubisky yeah. had like four. Mitch Trubisky <laughs> was collecting them. Uh, Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, like they were going week. out of style. James Winston. James <laughs> Winston. Ryan Patrick. <laughs> uh, ben Roethlisberger even was awesome. Yeah. The Bucks. And, you know, Matt that was Ryan. almost a 40 burger, actually. Yeah. And there were 40 burgers this year. Oh, yeah. A plenty. Yes. Josh Allen just had one. Uh, and Deshaun Watson, we didn't yes. even mention. So basically, pretty much every quarterback that you can Nick think Foles. of that was startable. <laughs> yeah. Against real. us. Uh, pretty much everyone has, like, a higher capacity of doing that this year than Aaron Rodgers did. And he wasn't even offering you like this 15 point floor. No, he was available to tank you a single digit floor. And and you draft him. You got to roll this guy out all the time. And every week it it gets ugly. Yes. Uh, He's a loser to me. I'm sure he's a loser to you. And for that reason, I'd love your votes in the polls that will be oh, on yes. Twitter. Yeah, Great. Tom's definitely going to be whoring out for the votes on this one. Great memory, Tom. <laughs> we are going to be putting every single one of these awards up for a vote when this episode drops on Thursday. So check out our Twitter, at RutzFF. Vote for who you believe made the greatest case. For example, like you can go to Wasn't our Twitter. Wasn't this the only award that Tom won last year, the loser of the year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't well. remember. I didn't win a lot, but I filled out the doc last, and I and I also tried to get creative. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Like I had fantasy MVP, I put Jags D. Right. Well, yeah. they they, were they good. lit it up though. Oh, they, they were yeah. so good. Yeah. But um, you could also vote for mine, which is Robert Gronkowski, loser of the year. He was ADP was in the second round again. It's over for him. I it's mean, funny that these two guys Blake are Char- on our loser of the year. They're like the two polarizing yeah. guys at the quarterback and tight end position going into the draft. Yep. Like they both clunked so hard. Yeah, Bad. this is going to change a lot of people's draft strategies 
going forward. And I think it should because Gronk had three touchdowns this year. That's exactly as many as Blake Jarwin had in week 17 <laughs> for the Cowboys, which was amazing to watch for Blake Jarwin fans like Scott. Me. But the for us one. Gronkowski fans and Ebron shareholders. Did it in one game, too. Yeah. yeah. And don't forget, Rob Gronkowski catchless on three targets in championship week. So even if you were able Brutal. to snag him from a drowning team and get add him to your team in championship week, he probably cost you that championship. It was incredibly awful yeah, you to think watch in this like happen. Middle of the year, you can buy low on Gronk and he'll win you this championship. And you probably burned way too much to go reach out and get him when you could have just like picked up, you know, went to the guy who has George Kittle and been like, he won't sustain. Just give me him, you know, yeah. and been amazing right. for it. I Absolutely. saw a screenshot on Twitter. A guy lost the game. Um, Kyle Rudolph was played against him. Oh, my goodness. Put up a 30-burger in, in the championship week. He loses by, like, one or two points. Gronk zero. That is insane. Oh, so bad. Sickening. Oh, yeah, the worst. Really bad. Makes you, make you want to quit. <laughs> those are the kind of games that make you want to quit. I, I feel <laughs> bad sure. for those guys, but I love seeing those. Yeah. Oh, I live for those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hit us up on Twitter with those next year at RutzFF. Now we're going to move on from some guys who we thought were going to be losers, but ended up being okay. It's the zombie of the year. I'm glad that our Google Doc is completely out of order, by the way. No, this yeah, is just gone. Don going in his yeah, own I'm order. Just picking. Yeah. Pre-episode, Don goes, yeah, so I'll just go in order like right down the list. And me and Tom are like, yeah, perfect. And now here he goes, bouncing around. <laughs> well, I can but just it's always fine. go first so you guys can find it. I don't it's care. fine. I'll lead it's off. Um, I'm going with Captain Andrew Luck, zombie of the year. Oh. He was gone last year. He was deep in Europe in the middle of the season as they were trying to figure out crazy European methods to save his shoulder and bring him back from the dead and back from fantasy irrelevance. And boy, does he come back. He finishes within the, the top 10 of the position. He was a great value the whole year and he got stronger and stronger the whole year. You know, you saw his confidence grow even at the beginning of the year. He was kind of a, still dormant as a zombie. And then, yes. you know, they finally cut him loose and he was just eating up brains out there on defenses, slinging tuds, deep ones, tuds to the tight end. T.Y. Hilton comes back. It was an awesome awesome year we obviously love andrew luck so you know we loved captain seeing that captain andrew, andrew luck. luck and you know i think he's the zombie of the year he really came back from a lot of people didn't believe in him you know like when people heard us saying he's qb6 people nobody gave me a lot of crap. yeah people gave you a lot of crap for him being qb6 and coming back a lot of people didn't believe in it and and we stood by him he rewarded us zombie of the year i love that <laughs> pick i really andrew do luck. um but i mean i'm going with a guy who he looked like he was dead in the water during this season and it's derrick henry that's a good one this dude com comes back and puts his puts your team on his back to the tune of 300 rushing yards in two weeks and six total touchdowns scores another touchdown in the championship week to just put the cherry on top of his job winning performance perhaps because the titans really shifted to giving Derrick Henry the ball 20 times a game down the stretch of the season. It really kept them in the playoff picture. And we're recording this Sunday night where it's unclear how that game's going right now. The but, battle rage is on. Yeah, but Derrick Henry not only revived himself on your fantasy roster, he revived himself in terms of his draft capital for next year. He revived himself in terms of how we view him as an effective running back in this league, as a bell cow type running back in this league. And Derrick Henry going into That's next year expected. is just as intriguing to me now as he was going into this season when I was ready to invest in him in the sixth and seventh rounds and potentially even earlier in running back needy rosters that I drafted. And I'm all in on him, and I wouldn't have been if, you had, if we had done this in week 12. 
Week 12, Derek, I was like, you can drop. You should this, have dropped Derek Henry five weeks went ago. full thriller week 12 yeah. against the Jags. He was grooving all over the field. Could not be stopped. Unbelievable to watch. The performance of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that was absolutely yeah. wild. Insane. Yeah. Uh, Tom, your zombie of the year. My zombie of the year is Tariq Cohen. Um, last year, he burst on the scene week one versus Atlanta. You're like, wow, they have no receivers. This is going to be like this unique weapon. It's going to be awesome. Number one priority waiver wire ad that week. Oh, right? yeah. Um, everyone goes out and adds him and, you know, didn't get much from it. Got to tell you, they stopped using him. They didn't use him correctly. It was crazy. Can I tell you how many receiving touchdowns he had last year? One. One. It was yeah, in week one, wasn't it? Was it was in week one. They went the rest Sad. of the season without throwing the ball Insane. to Tariq Cohen. This year, if you had him, you can't imagine your season without him. No. He could do it all. Yes. I mean, he's not a 100-yard rusher, but he's so damaging. He's a goal linebacker. I know. He's crazy. <laughs> he was throwing touchdowns. He yep. was doing this, that, the other thing. He was an amazing PPR play week in and week out. He oh was a true every-week awesome. starter, even in the weeks that Jordan Howard played well. Yep. Um, he wasn't an RB1, let's say. Yeah. But, goddamn, he came back from the dead. Yes. Because he... He truly lived, died, and lived again. And rose again year. this year. Yep. Yeah. He was so good. He's, you know you're going to get no hate on this cast. No, I mean, going. Yeah. No. We love him. We love him it's so hard much. To, it's hard to even. Did you, did you see him at the end of the game in week 17? He was the bouncer letting the, them into the locker room for their club dub. <laughs> where they just play like trance music in the in the locker room and, and he was rip like, off the champagne. He's like, and oh, stuff. You, it, like Khalil Mack comes up, oh, you VIP, you can go right in. <laughs> like all the staffers are like, he's like twenty bucks, yeah. twenty bucks to get in. It was awesome. You know, like, he's he's a great personality. He's going to be a great guy for us to watch going forward. Tariq Cohen this year, he's Tom Zombie of the year. Last year, he was Scott's Aladdin of the year. The diamond in the rough. The diamond in the rough. I nailed that, by the way. Freaking nailed it. Yeah, and I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say three games above ninety yeah. receiving yards for Tariq Cohen. Uh, obviously, awesome. just a peppering all the time. Yeah. And so, while he's not a one hundred yard rusher, he's a one hundred yards from scrimmage threat every game. Yeah. yeah. So for now we get to. So now we get to this year's version of next year's Aladdin. I must find this one, this diamond in the rough. And so this means that this is a guy who we think might be disrespected going into drafts next year, who we want you to keep an eye on because you're probably not going to be, you're probably not going to have to invest too much in him in drafts, yeah. but we think they can have huge, huge payouts. This is for the, this the, is for the, the big fantasy fans. These are some deep dives yeah. that we have. I think everyone's going to have a nice, fair chance on this one. Because Which means that the votes will be very low on this one because there's just like three guys I have no yeah, idea. Like who the hell who are these guys? Who the hell is Scott's pick, Adam Humphreys? Who, you know, don't forget <laughs> how good he was this year with Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, he had multiple double-digit reception games, multiple double-digit target games. He has, I think, five touchdowns on the year, and all of them were from Jameis Winston, I believe. I think he actually even had one or two from Fitzpatrick as well, but he has shown that he is a dominant slot receiver and he demands that type of snap share for this team. Jameis is the starter moving forward, and I think that's the biggest part of this. Yeah, big announcement so that, that he's going to be back next the chemistry's year. Dirk Cutter continue will not, to grow. which is interesting. And you see how good that offense can be with you know Mike Evans having a huge game, Godwin having a good game, and you know Humphreys having a good game as well. He doesn't score a touchdown in this one, but he's going to be a PPR monster. He's going to be a guy you can get super late, and he's going to be able to cash in in these crazy games that the Bucks always seem to get themselves into to have a guy like that in the same offense as Mike Evans is really freeing for the both of them because you have to pay so much attention to Mike Evans and then you can get free shots into Adam Humphreys right. and then if you're letting up too many free shots you to soften Adam Humphreys, him up for Evans you take him deep with Evans yeah 
Or Godwin for Or that Godwin, matter. yeah. yeah it's, they both it's had really great nice. weeks this week, both over 100 yards, two touchdowns apiece. Yeah, so, monster. Um, Who'd if they Jameis play? is playing like that, Tampa Bay. They're, if Jameis is playing like that. They play the Falcons. Oh, well, yeah, they, are, they Tampa are Tampa Bay. Bay. I thought, yeah, okay. If they yeah. played against their own defense, we my you. God. Yeah, I would start them all. Um, they play against their own defense probably every day. They just light it up yeah, at it's practice. Yeah, probably really fun to watch. Tom, we'll go to you then. Yeah, mine's going to be Robbie Anderson this week. He only goes three for 24. Uh, you know, kind of a lost cause. Don't you dare <laughs> forget what Robbie Anderson did last week. Yeah, but don't week. you dare forget what he did in the last three games before that. So he had right. 20 catches, 312 yards, and three touchdowns over those last three games. In the first 10 games of the season, he only had 27 catches, oh my 416 God. yards, and the same three touchdowns. But, I mean, we talked about this. I he know. got his mind right. He got cleared of his messy well, situation I don't even care about that. Season. I mean, I care, I guess. And he got, he got the reps. My point is is that Sam Darnold started off we've said this a lot you know just getting short with uh Anunua yes and things like that he was afraid to sort of uncork it Robbie Anderson is more of a weapon going deep you see how he was still being used in the beginning of the year but like he would get one target they so just couldn't get that virtually unstartable down. right yeah. so down the stretch Sam Darnold gets more comfortable more healthy as yeah. he faced the injuries and stuff and he's using this guy like crazy. He's a smart man to do so because he's the best receiver on the roster by, oh, yeah. far. by far. You see when Curse gets an opportunity, he can completely Robbie botch Anderson it. is so dynamic. Yeah, yep. and he is going to be uh, a very inexpensive asset to get in For drafts sure. next year. And I'll be getting him in every league that we don't play in together because right. <laughs> we're, it's, it'll be a dog fight. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a fight. It'll, it'll be actually a be a lot him. like Tariq Cohen was last year. Yeah, for us. yeah it'll be a race to get him. Yeah. and we didn't even get him. In and the I actually did want to mention that Tariq Cohen actually he was almost an RB one in full point PPR. I just looked it up. Right on the edge. Thirteen. That's awesome. Wow, it's still awesome. How far did you see? How you happen to remember how far off he was from number twelve? Uh, no, it, it couldn't was have just been. If so it was like within a point, he was almost like RB one A. Yeah, you know what I mean. What, what's nice you about can, you can fudge it however you yeah. want really you can call him an rb1 because he right. has you know this that the other thing yeah. happened and there you go back to robbie anderson what's really nice about him is darnold like obviously made so much progress in those three games where he was hurt because he came out and played so much better after that obviously they get killed by the pats this week but it was really such a nothing game for them i think anyway they his found growth out right before that the coach was getting fired you know too, his like, his growth in a three-week span just looking at you know saying hey oh shit robbie anderson's been open a lot maybe i should start to throw it there yeah. he's gonna go back through all this yeah. film and continue to build on that oh, so sure. i agree with you i think robbie anderson could be a yeah. huge deal because i think darnold is going to take a really big leap from this year to next and when your top receiver is tied to that type of progression you know he's going to have a big year sure i'm actually going with a receiver in the same division and he was one of the first ever plum picks that any of us ever made. I'm going with Zay Jones, similar to what Robbie Anderson did at the end of this year is what Zay Jones did in Buffalo. He just did it quieter because he didn't have as explosive of a game as Robbie Anderson did. But Josh Allen started to look a lot better. He was a lot more comfortable in the pocket. He's a scrambling man. Defenses have to spy on him. Zay Jones that had opens more up the middle of the field. down the stretch than Robbie Anderson. Yeah, yeah he, had two, he had two today in Week 17. He had a bunch of highlight reel catches, some almost highlight reel catches, just a lot of really, really good things to build off of. He had a very tumultuous offseason going into this season, kind of put that all behind him and finally started playing his best football, which obviously we love to see because we are all big believers in Zay Jones. Yeah. yeah, I think two guys that go without mentioning here are like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. We spent sure. so much time Sam Darnold singing throw their, in there. their praises, yeah. but you know Zay Jones is tied to that from Josh Allen, and since he's looked so good, it's the same yeah. thing with Robbie Anderson. Well, and as much as this episode is for fun, it's also for fantasy. Like We are not going to be like, you guys got to draft this quarterback right. next year. Because yeah, it's like yeah. it's more fun and more useful for you to know like 
Yeah, Skill Robbie Anderson players. tore it up for yeah, three weeks at the end exactly. of the year. I don't know if you were paying attention, so I want to tell you. Right. And Zay Jones did much of the same. The don't I don't forget know if you're it episode. But I want to tell you. The don't no. forget it episode is going to be so big. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it's what we'll do to fill in the so Pro Bowl for this year. <laughs> uh, but from there, those all those guys all present great draft value for next year. Let's talk about the guys who presented great draft value for this year with our draft value of the year. Wow, that's a low price. Scott, can we start with you? Always. Right, I'm always ready. Unlike Tom, I am always ready to go <laughs> right off the jump. I'm going with Tyler Lockett. This guy was awesome this year. Ten touchdowns. His yard per catch was amazing. Double-digit touchdowns. He has the highest passer rating when being thrown to by his quarterback. Him and Russell Wilson have the best combined passer rating together. Per, it's a perfect passer rating. A perfect passer rating. Oh, my God. Better than All anyone year? It's 100, ever. Whatever, 158. Yeah, 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 whatever wow. that is. Yeah, amazing stat. And he and, scored today. And you were able to play this guy every single week. He was bailing you out. Like He had actually a really nice floor, which was unlike him. He was getting four or five catches, 50, 60 yards every single week. He had multiple touchdown games. He had 100-yard games with a touchdown. This guy was unbelievable. He wasn't even being thought about before the 13th, 14th, 15th rounds. And he was only drafted highly by people who were concerned about Doug Baldwin. Yes, exactly. He was like a a Baldwin handcuff. And that was only like 50% of the population because the other 50% was like, Baldwin's good. Yeah, I, Baldwin will Baldwin. play. Yeah, He's Baldwin. fine. Yeah. So he was really like, like Lockett in a lot of leagues probably didn't even go drafted at all. Yeah. But, you know, because of what happened with Doug Baldwin, he becomes a, a, a guy, a name that was being drafted, and he becomes a massive value because his potential just finally hit. We've yes. been talking, how long have we been talking about this guy time. with how good he is and how diverse he can and be? And he stayed healthy. He finally, was really yeah. all that was left for him to do it all was came stay together. healthy for an entire year, and he did that. And now he's shown himself to be, you know, potentially a seventh, eighth rounder going into next year. Because he finished as a top 20 wide receiver. Yeah. And very quietly, they figured out how to he's make that also, offense work with Doug and Tyler Lockett this playing. This isn't well. his Carson. first, like, good season. He had a strong finish prior, right. a lot like, you know, Robbie Anderson or Zay Jones even. And in the following year, he actually was going in the sixth round. Right. Um, if you were I remember that. relatively yeah, yeah, yeah. early. Yeah. Um, and it didn't work out so much. So, you know, temper your expectations a little bit, maybe, if right. you want to go based on that. But I think he's hit a stride. And I, I'm always willing to take a shot in the sixth round. For, uh, yeah. For, yeah. You did, that's <laughs> how you this year's shot yeah. went. That's when you need to. But, yeah. the, you know, for this year, he was, you know, you picked, it, you picked him with a 100-plus yeah. pick. Yeah. And he was a top 20 wide yeah. receiver, wire to wire. Yeah. Tom, we'll go to you. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely uh, liking my pick on this one. Do you know who it is? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Yeah, he was ready. <laughs> oh, good. Well, think, remember who it is. It's my guy. It's Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. I've been ready. I've, yeah. been, I've been born. I got all the stats memorized in the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> this guy he goes out and gets hurt, of course, which, you know, it's a, it's a huge tragedy. But depending on your point scoring format, he finishes his wide receiver 15 or 16, wow. which come on at that time. He was, that's where he was at. So he won't yeah. finish there for the season. And in the first few weeks, he was the best receiver. He was top five. Yeah. Top five, like for a majority of the year. And you can't just find that walking around. Like I would say, you know what I mean? You draft but this him, year. You found it in the eighth round you, or later. Yeah. In some yeah. cases, he was chronically disrespected in most drafts, even when leagues were like, I had addressed to these people like, Oh yeah, I love Emmanuel Sanders. Some people just weren't buying it. They yep. let him fall to me. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame that he went and got hurt because it did hurt a lot of my teams, right. him, Cooper cup, like, you know, the list goes on of the guys two. that but I really like. But those two guys don't get hurt. You're looking at winning like what? Eight of your 10 leagues. Well, probably. <laughs> but here's the thing also is 
even the fact that they got hurt, which is a risk that comes with every player and every fantasy thing, so I'm not going to complain and have a pity party. The great thing was is the value that you got on him, right? So even though he got hurt, your team probably still was able to compete at a high level. Sure, You were drafting him at like flex slash bench range, depending if you're a guy who takes a quarterback or a tight end, we all know I'm not. So I already had depth, you know, like Emmanuel Sanders was a gift and he was outperforming what he was supposed to be every single week. To me, still a draft value for where you got him. Yeah. Even though he got hurt and he may once again be a draft value for having been hurt. We'll see how his recovery goes, but hats off to Emmanuel Sanders. I hope anyone who listens to me enjoyed the ride. Yeah. And, uh, Man, it, it was an insane draft value. Tom's it's, like, it's, draft value, Emmanuel Sanders. Next year's Aladdin, Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> MVP, Emmanuel Sanders. Zombie. <laughs> zombie. zombie. <laughs> Next year's zombie, Emmanuel Sanders, for sure. Um, You're right. I mean, honestly, though. Yeah. I, Easily I, I'm be. so smitten by him. I just love him. Yeah. He rocks. Every so, year he's been awesome. Yeah. Yep. So I was first to the dock on this, and I had told you guys my pick, fully being ready to be like overwhelmingly vetoed. Like, you can't pick this guy. I picked a tight end. I you can't believe you it. thought that we, we would veto this. I don't know because like we just we're tough on tight ends and but he's truly the draft value. But George Hill, we're tough on tight ends besides the ones who like actually perform. Then we hold them yeah. to a golden so, standard. So if I yeah, could he's if, moved up. So if I told you that I could get a tight end who in some leagues was going completely undrafted or at the very latest or earliest was being taken in the eleventh round, would set the receiving yardage record for tight ends. Unbelievable. That's a pretty good value, right? He's the value because that's year. what George Kittle did. We were on this guy at the end of last year, even when he was playing hurt. Kit Spoilers. man, do hey, uh, we gotta work it in. We've said it before. <laughs> we just gotta address it. Yeah, but I mean, he was unbelievable for those of you who got him. You, in some cases, teams were drafting him as their second tight end. Were able to drop their first. Like, can well, you imagine? Don't even drop that first one. That's a perfect example. Or don't even draft that first one. Yeah, that's right. a perfect example. It's what we tried to say the whole year with George Kittle. Yeah. Exactly him. We were yeah. like, don't draft anyone. Draft George Kittle. Every right. league I drafted, George Kittle went to the championship. Not surprised. It's not surprising at all. Seriously, I mean, the guy I'm, you know, the week 17 final that I'm in just because it's yeah. the one I've checked most recently. George Kittle's on. And there. we talked yeah. so much. One of the leagues that I won beat George Kittle. Like it's insane. Yeah. He was everywhere in championship and teams. We talk so much about how tight ends are so touchdown dependent to give you value, not but him. not George Kittle. He had such a high floor because he would he had such good yardage every single week. There was so much going on with ends. the 49ers He's receiver core. <laughs> really? There was so much going on with that 49ers receiver core. He was the only only constant he stayed healthy for every single game and because of that he broke Travis Kelsey's hour long record of most yardage yeah, by a tight end. Awful for Kelsey. <laughs> Awful for Kelsey. But with that um you know you sometimes you draft guys and you're able to keep them on your roster all year. Sometimes you get a little desperate and you got to pick a guy up and spot start him for a week or two. And that's where this award comes in. It's our desperation stream of the year. Despacito. All right, so I'll start this one. Mine is Deshaun Hamilton. I think it's funny, though, this category. We always pick people in uh, championship week because that's the one that's going to get the most votes. It's really hard to be like, oh, yeah, my favorite stream was way back in week two where I recommended you play Ben Roethlisberger versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was really like my favorite one. Right. But I'm going to go with Deshaun Hamilton because we were suggesting him. We were saying you got to roster this guy. He's the Emmanuel Sanders replacement. No, I'm just kidding. But But I just realized that. that. I know, I know. Uh, I just mean I don't want to be all Emmanuel Sanders this whole thing. Are you sure? But Deshaun Hamilton goes out. 
and he has a good playoff run for you, but more importantly, in week 16, he crosses the painted line oh, yeah. in a matchup that we had identified. It was weak versus slot receiver. Deshaun Hamilton goes out there, has a great game, full point, standard, what have you. Yeah. You were happy to play him, and so was I, especially in some of these deeper leagues where you had to be, you were forced to pick from like a pot of guys like him, um, DJ Moore, right. or like Curtis Samuel, like these guys. And his matchup was so much better, and those guys actually blanked. Yeah. So it was really a, a minefield. And if you chose him, it must have felt so great because I know it did for me. Yeah, so that's for one sure. of my favorite desperation streams of the year. I like that one a lot too. And I like it because like you said, we were saying this for weeks, like this is going to be the guy we said, yeah. because based off the snap share, we knew even after the trade and after the injury, like, okay, Deshaun Hamilton is going to be the guy. Let's see how he does. And once he had a, a week, we were like, okay, let's, let's add this guy. Let's yeah. go. Let's get him. Let's get this going. And he scores a touchdown, I believe three straight weeks. And it was 14, 15 and 16. So he was an awesome desperation stream. Fantastic. Agree more. Yeah. Fantastic play. Uh, I'll go next because Mine was, you know, it was one of the weird. It was the weirdest. I think it was the weirdest thing that happened all year. He needed to get football. on. This guy needed to get on the sheet. But when you are able in weeks 14, 15, and 16 to get a team's starting running back and start him at your tight end slot in Yahoo Leagues and have that player actually pan out very well. Every Scoring week. double digits every <laughs> single week. Two of the three weeks, he didn't even score a touchdown and still got you double digits because of how much yards he was churning out. To me, there is absolutely no reason that Jalen Samuels should be even a tight end. Should be a tight end. <laughs> but there's but because of that, there's no way he shouldn't be the desperation dream because even if you put him in as your running back slot in ESPN or NFL.com or whatever leagues, like he was still giving you yes. double digits every week at running back. How difficult is that to find on a week-to-week basis? He came right in during injuries to James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Lamar Miller missed week 15. Even it if was you went unbelievable to Even if you went to week for 17 and you had to play him, he still caught five passes yeah. today and had like 50-something total yards. Yeah, he did so fine. He was a good, a fine tight end once again. And Connor was active. And Connor, the, yeah, right, that's point. my point, yeah. is that Connor played too. So like, yeah, he was a perfectly startable tight end this week. Yeah, which and, is just and, bullshit. Uh, and a perfectly startable running back as well. And he was awesome. You know, like these guys come in as saviors. My guy is CJ Anderson. And I think that oh, this is just no doubt. Blowout. This is a win. It has to be a win. You took him <laughs> and his big ass off the couch straight to your championship. You had his no team of the year. And here's the thing: the circumstance of it all like really makes it desperation, right? Yeah. So you, most of everyone who played him had Todd Gurley, and they weren't just going to sit him. They were going to wait till he was ruled out. He gets ruled out at three thirty. Three thirty. You look at your waiver. You're like, oh shit, there's nobody out there. You look at your bench. Three quarters your bench has played. You're down to CJ Anderson and probably one other guy. And you're like, you know what? Here we go. Here we go. I'm rolling CJ. My team that I had with CJ Anderson on the championship team had CJ Anderson and John Kelly. So it was like, which one? I didn't even know really which one was going to have the big game. You were still between those two when he does this. But you desperately slot him into your starting lineup, and he goes for 160 total yards and a touchdown, no doubt taking you to the promised land. He epitomizes this this category. This is the award. Because yeah. he was, he reeked he was of a, desperation. Yeah. This is the C.J. Anderson award <laughs> from here if forward. You had other op- <laughs> if you had other options, he would have played yeah. them at one Back o'clock. to back, 150-yard right. you know? performances. had to <laughs> wait for Gurley, because you're not going to sit Gurley. That's no. just insane. Yeah, yeah, but what I mean is, like, you say you're someone without Gurley, and you just added him. You're like, well, I don't know if Gurley's going to play. Right. So like, even then, you had to be actually 
if you did that in that situation, you had to be truly, truly. It was desperate. so desperate yeah. at that point. There was just there was ten guys you could have played at that position at that time in the whole league. Yeah, and you right. were able to slot CJ Anderson in, and he just goes oh Wild. for Love you. Love it. Best Absolutely. game, one of the best games of his career. Yeah. Uh, from those guys to some guys who were picked up and actually gave you season-long value, it's time for our waiver wire hero of the year. And Tom, it looked like you were raising your hand because you wanted to start. He yeah, wait. I just want to say I- I'm going all Broncos here. All Broncos. I'm going all Broncos, <laughs> and I got Philip Lindsay. Of course, I've got the Philip best. Lindsay. The award shows in Colorado. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Philip Lindsay goes out and has the best season by any undrafted rookie running back ever ever okay so i mean i think that's a pretty good platform to start on first of all you've got to love having this guy on your team it was just a joy oh my god i was looking at his stats because he it was i was playing against him in my championship in one of my leagues of course yeah and it was a standard league nine out of the 15 games that he'd played, he went double digits in standards, which is unbelievable Yeah, for a guy that, you know, and what was crazy was one of the things me and Tom talk about all the time. The first touchdown he scored, anyone in the NFL that was a running back. That's why this was, I wanted to bring this up. Could have scored it. So like, you know, even I made the mistake of just overlooking him. I was just like, you know what? You know, Philip Lindsay, whatever. Royce Freeman will still be involved. He scores a random touchdown. Running backs do that all the time. You know, I just kind of wrote it off as that. And then he comes in and you start watching these games and you see how he just gets to the corner quicker than everybody. It's like, wow, this guy's for real. I began the season as a Royce Freeman truther. Yes. So when Philip Lindsay burst on the scene in week one, I had to make sure I knew what was going on. I watched every single one of his carries after right. the game, all, all of his touches. And like you said, the touchdown he scored, anyone in the NFL could have scored on that. He was just going up the outside and doing like these sort of scat back things. And Royce Freeman had just become the starter. So right. everyone was like, look, it's Royce Freeman. Like, let's be honest, that happens. People get vultured. Right. Um, and the people who claimed him, I was low priority in a lot of places that I got him and I couldn't believe I did. One of my friends, shout out to him. I mean, he put a gigantic fab claim in for him in right. Dynasty and it paid off like he wouldn't believe. In Dynasty? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he, he broke the bank. Uh, like a $90 bid or something That's like that. And wow, they failed it. Um, yeah, killed but it. But the, the, the greatest part about it is is that you didn't know what you had when you claimed him. No idea. And then it's like opening up a present, right? Like every layer of Philip Lindsay just got more and more exciting. The more they got him involved, it was like this slow build to this amazing crescendo of this great year that was capped off by a Pro Bowl selection for this guy. You feel so good for him. He gets hurt, which is a tragedy. He won't be playing in the Pro Bowl, but um, he'll be back next year. He's got a lot of What I was going to say too is that like he even scaled it up for you. So like in those first few weeks when you were scared, like those weren't his big weeks yeah. those were like okay weeks but like giving you signs of encouragement when he went off it was like you're obviously starting this yeah, guy yeah. like you he never screwed you on your on your bench never never yeah ever he didn't show up amazingly in the playoffs to uh some other people's credit but he's a waiver wire but guy so come on, on you got to give with him all the up. injuries this year though none of the guys that we have for this award actually finished the year. right well all let's right, go well, yeah. scott <laughs> i feel yeah. good then i mean this is a guy that i talked about all year one of the guys that i just fell in love with throughout the year tyler boyd what he year. has a year where he puts together 80 catches over a thousand yards and i believe seven, seven. Yep. touchdowns and there was a point in the year where it seemed like you know oh 
they, he can't do it without AJ Green. You know, he's he's just like too much of an inside receiver. But it really turned out that he just had tough matchups. He was able to exploit bad matchups, even with Jeff Driscoll as his quarterback. He shows you he can do it on the inside. He can do it on the outside. He is, you know, elusive with the ball. He's not oh, sure. just this possession guy. Right. He was all over the field for them. He excites you on every level. He had a multiple multiple touchdown game. He had 100 yards and a touchdown in a few games. He went off. He he had games where it looked like he wasn't going to do much for you. In the second half, he comes on like a hurricane and gets you five or six catches and saves your line. You know, he was another guy like Philip Lindsay, who was an incredibly high floor, especially full PPR. He was a lock to start every single week, and his ceiling was unknown. Yeah, like, even he the could game go where wild. he gets hurt and leaves, he doesn't. He scored. He gets a touchdown. Yep. He scored. Yeah, exactly. He was awesome every single week, and you know, for those reasons, I mean, waiver wire hero of the year. I get it. I get why he'd vote. For for Philip Lindsay because running back is so tough and receivers are somewhat replaceable. But this guy was a top 15 wide receiver and was a absolute no name, just like Philip Lindsay to start the year. Yeah, I'm going James Conner. All due respect to you guys. I mean, there was not a bigger story in the NFL, let alone your fantasy football waiver wire claims than James Conner in the first three months of the season. And yes, he got hurt. Yes, he missed the playoffs. But picking up James Conner as a waiver wire addition, like, Think about the depth he gave you. You probably had better options figured out when he was out, or you could have just yes. picked up Jalen Samuels. James Conner could have saved you if you drafted Le'Veon and were quick to the quick to pick him up. He was an unbelievable ad this year. Obviously, we know he's got one of the best stories going in the NFL. We wish him nothing but the best. We can't wait to see him as what likely looks to be the leader all, of all the Steelers' backfield next year. Here, Tom. I'm ready to mudsling. You know, he also. was he was drafted in a few leagues. That's what I was going to say. Hey, can, yeah, that's our was, only he chance. He was drafted in most leagues. If he, if he was drafted in your league, don't vote for him. That's right. You're not allowed to. <laughs> I mean, you guys have such great choices. I'm really not going to be like, oh, like, oh. why are you mudslinging me? Like, I, I get it. He, I, I get it. But like, he, like, he deserves to be mentioned, mentioned just like Jalen Samuels did. Because I mean, even I in a lot of leagues, available. he got drafted. He got cut. You know, like that happened in one of my leagues. He got drafted, but he got dropped, and I was able to pick him up. But... Like in every, I had him in four of the six leagues I was in, and I drafted him in one, and it was. But like he was the week one starter. Okay, yes. but so he wasn't, it's like, oh, so you're saying he wasn't really a waiver wire here? That's my point. Yeah, I get it. There's a but debate to be had. He was out there, and, and I was won added it. for championships. I don't know about all that. We'll see. The all polls right. will decide. Go to the polls. We've got go our to die. Pokemon. Got, go to the polls. <laughs> So we've got our big two MVP and Rookie of the Year, but before we do that, we're going to do some fun ones. Uh, first up is the Rutz Nickname of the Year. That is the stupidest nickname I've ever heard. I think you wish you thought of it. All right, you got me. That's an awesome nickname. Last year, we had the very easy winner of the Moscow Mule. This year, we got we got a little bit more interesting. We had a, we had a well, lot a, come up. A nominee scored this week uh, yeah. from last year, Levine Toilolo. Yeah. Uh, the Toilolit. <laughs> yeah, he, he still belongs in the Toilolit, but they pulled him back out for one touchdown from the GOAT, Matt Prater, as Pat McAfee was <laughs> screaming <laughs> yeah. over the broadcast because he threw a wide-open touchdown. He Love was a it. little contested. <laughs> for the brand, here's the GOAT. <laughs> I awesome. thought it was cool. Legend. Tom, who's yours? Um... Mine is going to be Cuck Cousins. Okay. I've been trying to work it in just recently, and I think that uh, I can ride a recent nickname wave maybe to a poll success here. Especially because um, of how much he's been cucking you. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all you've been able to do is sit and watch, <laughs> and if you're an owner of Cuck Cousins, you might know what it feels like to be a cuck yourself. Oh, yeah. So um, you can tell Kirk to go cuck himself, and you can vote for <laughs> Cuck Cousins as the best nickname of the year. I like it. 
You can celebrate that at the Catmandu, or <laughs> a.k.a. George Kittle, the Kitmandu. The Kitman can do everything, so... Kitmandu was mine. It was a tougher year for us. You yeah, know, I think it, it wasn't as big of a nickname. I actually year. wanted to text uh, a lot of people, like friendly people that I know who listen, and be like, "What nicknames did we come up with?" It was hard to remember. Yeah, but uh, I have fun when I drop Cuck Cousins when we're watching, and he's really bad, and I call <laughs> yeah, him Cuck Cousins. It's, it's the best. So go on, try that one out for size. You know, see how it fits. Yeah, he'll play bad plenty of times. Yeah, so yeah. you'll have plenty of opportunities. Like, ah, oh, yeah, Cuck Cousins. <laughs> yeah, I like to work that in. Yeah, even Dak Press Cuck sometimes. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, guys. Well, Uzama's so poor, he married young just to get the free rice. It's the Uzama joke of the year. Of the week. It's over. The Uzama joke yeah, has to be This is it. This is it, for sure. But we got a couple new ones towards the end of the year. I love Cuck Cousins. Uh, hopefully, Zach Zenner stays on because I started calling him ZZ Plop. <laughs> yeah, I like ZZ Because he just plop. finds his way to plop his way into he had the an end awesome zone game every week. year. He scored four times unofficially, which was crazy. But yeah. uh, but not to take away from, from CJ Uzama, uh, filling in for Tyler Eifert to some, to some success. But the most successful thing he did was having a name that kind of sounded like Yamama Yama. so that I could do this joke. Into the ground. Uzama rocks. By the end of the right season. Now. And if this you don't is like this the one, last one. I don't even know what people thought of this yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, right? Like um, if the kit man do wins over <laughs> Uzama, like, how do you still listen at this point? Zero. Yeah. I'm going to feel so bad. But some things to feel good about. How about our man catcher of the year? You know who's a man? Me. I'm a man. Some very good ones. You can check I'm out our Instagram man. at RutzFF. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm What's the man. What's the job for this one? That's it. Oh, man. it is good. Yeah, you came up <laughs> yeah. with it. I'm, I'm glad. I, I remember there were some other uh, candidates. Man so. catch of the year yeah. for me. The game winner in overtime, Corey Davis. Such a good one. Jumps up with an awesome touchdown to catch. A great picture of his pure glory. An amazing game for them and the team. That was a wild back and forth game. Corey Davis skies up, makes an awesome catch for the winner of that one. That's my man catch of the year. They beat the Eagles in OT after Carson Wentz had a really good game in that one. A very important catch by a very important man to the Titans offense going forward if they can figure out how to get out of the exotic smash mouth strategy. Well, they're out of that, but they just need to marry. They don't have one now, though. That's the thing. Well, so. mine is going to be Nick Chubb. Uh, amazing catch in the end zone. I don't know who the defender was, but it was That on catch the Cle- was nuts. Yeah, it was Cleveland, obviously, versus Cincinnati Bengals. And the only Rivalry way I game. can illustrate this is that Nick Chubb caught it like... With him. With, he, yeah. he used him to catch it. Yeah, he pinned the ball sort of against the back of his head slash body. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was a no-doubter catch. Yeah. I mean, it was an amazing play. It was awesome. And it was cool because Nick Chubb hadn't it was really... On his, it was on the other guy's helmet. Yeah, Nick Chubb Insane. hadn't necessarily... He David Tyreed the safety. <laughs> he hadn't necessarily showed like this amazing receiving chops. No. So it was also really cool to get this like Having man catch. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> it was get it's cool to get this like bonus thing for you as a Nick yeah. Chubb owner too, where he like had this an amazing play. I think it was right before the half. It was just like a shot at the end zone. So it was just a super cool play all around. Uh, Nick Chubb, a great guy to own this yes. year. And I think uh, that's a hard catch to come by. Yeah. I mean, yeah. last year we had Antonio Brown's cell phone pinned to the head. Yeah. Pinned to the head is always a popular thing. So yeah. pinned to the other guy's head. I mean, I come think on. this is next level. It's a multiplier. I, he, yeah, he's honestly, uh, he's a visionary. Yes. Without using any vision. To and I'm so happy we got to mention <laughs> Nick Chubb. 
uh, because in the next award, we're not going to be able to mention him. So I'm glad that, that kind of catch Chubb though the is the there. kind of one that makes you be like, "Wow, Nick Chubb is yeah. cool, like way better than I thought." You so, know, that changed everything I thought about Nick Chubb. Yeah. Just that one play right there. So our boy Man Catch Marvin did make a Man Catch Monday this year, but of course he's out for the year. In steps, Man Catch Ken, Ken Catch Monday, Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Can catch Diving, every day. <laughs> full extension, somersaulting oh, into the end zone. Yeah, ruled incomplete. They review it. It counts as a touchdown. He says, nay. Look at that <laughs> again. <laughs> and just, I love I loved the Kenny Galladay breakout this year. He goes over 1,000 yards, catches six touchdowns, leads the Lions in receiving. He's going to be, I think, even better going into next year in his third year. The sky is the limit. I've been for this thinking kid. about how that was interested a Marvin Jones too. Oh, oh don't I'm forget about Marvin Jones. Marvin. I'm not care. forgetting about Marvin oh, Jones. Oh no, he'll make the don't. We would never episode. will. If Anquan Bolden could go for eight touchdowns a few years ago, Marvin can no problem. Yeah, yeah. But Kenny Galladay, obviously, the prospects look great. But yeah. that touchdown was also yeah one of my know, favorites of the year. Like one two was the Nick Chubb catch and the uh, the Galladay catch. I think those two were um, the best catches themselves. I picked Corey Davis because you picked of an important the catch. moment and the fact yeah. that it was a game winner for sure. It'll it'll resonate with people more. A yeah, moment Most, baby. Like this, <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tom, I'm glad you mentioned Nick Chubb, like I said, because and Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Because <laughs> neither of them are up for fantasy football rookie of From the year. From Justin to Kelly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a transition. For I you. know what it is. Let me get this straight. Wait, I'm the rookie. Uh, so, the movie. <laughs> so, Tom, your nominee for rookie of the year. My nominee for rookie of the year, man. I got to give it up to him. Just one Broncos. more time. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Lindsay, I've already stated the case. I don't know what else you need me to say. Um, that afro speaks for itself. Oh, yeah. And it Love speaks it. volumes, and it's a voluminous hairstyle. He's a voluminous man. I hope he gets more volume next year to give yeah. you the volume of fantasy points that your team deserves to get the V. Speaking of volume and doing something with volume. Oh, we're saving you for last. Oh, go ahead. Speak. Say you're a loser. <laughs> Your guy was voluminous. My guy was dangerous. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I plum picked him, and then he was the number one overall pick, and he made me look like an idiot. But I didn't care. I plum picked him for the rest of the season, and all the dude did was ball out and set the rookie record for touchdown passes. The dude beat out Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson with 27 touchdown passes. He starts. didn't even start until week four. The dude is the future, and I cannot wait to draft him in every single league next year. Scott, who's the actual winner? <laughs> the actual winner. And Baker really shocked me this year. I really didn't think, you guys know, I wasn't too big on him coming into the year. Neither Not of you Not too were. big on the attitude either, but it all looks like it's rolling for him. It looks like everything is just positive with him. And it was really nice to see him throw together a season and, and put that team on a path that we've never even seen yeah. them go down. They almost knocked the Ravens out of the playoffs. And the team going down a they horrible path. almost had a winning year. And what, what I think makes Saquon Barkley not only the rookie of the year, but the best rookie that we've ever seen and probably will ever see. He had 2,000 total yards on one of the worst offenses ever. and one of the worst football teams Led the NFL. in recent memory. Led the NFL Zeke in scrimmage the, yards. Zeke was the leader until this week. Right, and he sat out. out. Yep. So, so Saquon Barkley in his rookie year leads the league in scrimmage yards. He had like close to 15 touchdowns. He breaks the rookie reception record as a running back. This guy did everything. I mean, how much, what do I even need to say? Nothing. You guys know. I got one more this thing. This is Todd Gurley 2.0. You know, this is your, this is, if you want to take this him over LT Todd Gurley 2.0. next year. Yeah, right. It's, this is, this is heroic shit he's doing. You didn't even, he didn't fumble. 
since high school. The whole year. His whole life, apparently. <laughs> I, heard, yeah. I heard he hasn't fumbled since high school. I don't know if you can really, truly track that. But God, do I believe him. Well, if I we believe, believe Deshaun Watson hasn't played a game like outside of a touchdown loss since high school, we can buy the Saquon fumbling. <laughs> I think it's Sa- easier to buy the Saquon fumbling. Saquon has this folklore type of you know stories about him. I'm sure there's a thousand like that yeah. just from you know walking the halls and doing something cool to you know being amazing at Penn State and now dominating the NFL in a way that we've never seen before from someone that young on, on that an offense of that it was pathetic. Yeah. And like we said too, Don, like when. When Odell went out, we were like, you know, if Saquon still dominates in this fashion, like he is unreal, <laughs> and, and he was his. able to dominate he's without unreal. anything on that offense. Case closed. He's he's unbelievable. I don't blame you yeah. at all if you want to take t- him over Todd yeah. Gurley in this year's draft. Glad we got that figured out. And speaking of Todd Gurley, he was last year's MVP. Who will be this year's fantasy football most valuable player? Some really interesting options this year because a lot of running backs, like we said, miss the playoffs, and we do put some weight on playoff performance in this award. Scott, who'd you go with? I went with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this guy was so good. And one of the things we brought up at the beginning of the year that, you know, this might be the last time you ever get to draft Christian McCaffrey outside of the top five picks. You might be able to get this guy in the second round. Some people who were foolish enough, might he might have even slipped all the way to the third. I think in a lot of leagues, he was more of like a front end second to, to back end second pick. You know, he didn't make it out of the second round. But what he returned for you was a top five pick. He was unbelievable wire to wire. In half PPR, I don't think he had a single game under double digits. That's unbelievable. And he had multiple 30-point games. He had a 40-point game. So if you get paid out for the highest-scoring player in a week or the highest-scoring player of And if you don't do that, anyone, you should look into it. And if you don't do that, you should because yeah. it's so much fun. <laughs> right. And, you know, little games like that, you know, you remember, you know, week whatever it was against McCa- or against the Bucks when McCaffrey had 40 or yeah. whatever it was. And you remember all these amazing games that he put together. The three-touchdown game he had against the Steelers when he comes in and he still gets you 20 half point PPR points with Tyler Heineke as the quarterback you know he did it all against all odds this year no one thought he can handle 25 touches he did it easily 30 he handled it better than anybody in the league besides maybe the aforementioned Zeke and Saquon Barkley and Todd Gurley but even Todd Gurley got a little bang yeah so I think Christian McCaffrey was absolutely the MVP this year. Everyone who had him went deep in the playoffs and probably won. He was a complete nightmare to play against this year. Absolutely. Because if he didn't have a lot of points on their last drive, you just knew that they were going to him over and over and over again on the upcoming drive. And every time they do that, he busts at least a 10-yard play. It felt like, you know, you're watching the games and like, it doesn't seem like he's doing much, but then one drive he catches like four or five passes, yeah. and it's like holy crap, he's just he, he's yeah. the best now. It's and unbelievable. He came on like such a tidal wave this year, and I think you know he's got to be. I think he's got to be the MVP. Him or uh, or maybe Don's guy. Well, my guy is Patrick Mahomes, and we got a stat from Red Zone today that was unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes led the NFL all time. In quarterback fantasy points per game. Now, it's tough to give fantasy MVP to a quarterback, but let's remember, you were getting him in a double-digit round. He threw for 50 touchdowns, multiple touchdowns in almost every single game. In one of the games where he did, the only game where he didn't throw a passing touchdown, he He had had a a rushing rushing touchdown against the Jaguars. And 300 passing yards. And 300 passing yards. The dude absolutely balled out. He's probably going to win the MVP. And you got him in the 12th round, but above all else, in the last possible in the, in the second to last game of week 16 championship week he goes out 
and hangs 28 on a very yeah. tough Seattle defense and brought you out of the doldrums of defeat. It happened to me. It happened to me in two leagues. He had, and it was, I was all down. In the second half. He too. came out, had 20, at least almost 20 in the second half, I want to say. And he just went absolutely ballistic, wins you leagues, and is just the coolest. And yeah. so that for that reason, he's my MVP for sure. I understand that Christian McCaffrey, Tom, I'm sure you're gonna you're about to put together a great argument for your pick, but to me, there's no other choice that came to mind for this except Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, for me, I put uh Travis Kelsey here. I, I would love to see CMC win, and I know that Travis Kelsey's success is inextricably linked to Pat Mahomes. Yeah, for sure. But Travis Kelsey, if you look over the game logs, is just my God. Uh, unbelievable. My God. Um, a quarter of the season, so you play 16 games, and four of those games he had over 28 points in full point PPR. Jesus. Which you're looking at a tight end for. So that is just absolutely insane. A quarter of the time he's nearly dropping a 30 burger. A quarter of the time. Exactly. Your tight end almost got 30. On, on more than one occasion, he went for over 10 receptions. And again, in full point PPR, we, we mentioned that um, George Kittle had the yardage record and he was no scrub in scoring as well. Right. But Travis Kelsey goes out and puts in a 10 touchdown year. My more receptions than you can, you know, shake a dead I cat kinda, I wanted to do this, but I felt like it would kind of throw the, the voting too much. I was thinking about making Tyree kill my <laughs> that, MVP. It would be kind of funny, though. <laughs> That would be kind of funny. Um, but I mean Tyreek Hill goes to show the fact that, you know, you can make Ty you can make the case for Tyreek Hill. Right. You can make the case for Travis Kelsey. Like these two guys, uh, in conjunction with Pat Mahomes, are gonna be elevated to a new degree. I think oh, Travis yeah. Kelsey is the unequivocal tight end one. You can make a case for Ertz, but I'm going to always be sticking here with Travis oh, Kelsey. With too. that consistency at the quarterback position, he's the MVP this year. Looking forward to next year. I think he's the number one. And there are uh, not How early of, does he go next year? Uh, I, it, Gronk area. I think he, yeah, he back go, end first, early second round. I, I think, would say early second round. He um, was in a, he was in the wide receiver one scoring range this year. Yes, yeah. he. I think he, he would have finished as like wide receiver yards. six. Yeah. I think he would have finished as like wide receiver six. Like the only guys that were ahead of him were like Thielen, Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams, A. B. Hopkins, and that's it. Travis Kelsey, and like then Julio. Yeah, and you know, probably that was in the full point PPR, he even usurped some of those guys. Yeah. So you're thinking about a guy who gets tons of catches. He has double digit reception potential he has double digits he's played in all 16 games for three years in a row yeah and he didn't go under double digit points all year except for week one so he had 15 straight for you even when he didn't blow the doors off in full point ppr this guy was a that's a good pick tom because not a lot of people thought about him and they you know you don't a lot of people don't do that comparison type of stuff like we do to know that his year wasn't that far off from like DeAndre Hopkins or, yeah. you know, some of these guys who are just like 1300 yards. Yeah. Insane. It, like, you know, who, 10 yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. Think about that <laughs> as a wide receiver and you get the, you know, the absolute gift of being able to play that guy in at your tight end. end position. He's, you know, I've said it, you know, hinted at it as the years gone on him and Kittle and Ertz are changing the way that I think yeah. about these high end I had end a great FanDuel lineup only beaten by Scott today. And I had Travis Kelsey and and Kittle and Kittle, and I didn't feel weird about it at all. No, it was, the, I was like, "That's smart." That's the good. cash worked out. All the 49ers are banged up, and you know Travis Kelsey's an auto start. So I'm just like, "Hey, I'll just Is play it? them both." Yeah. yeah, 
He rocks. Yeah. What a year. A great year. And now we were looking into the postseason. So we're just going to take it game by game, talk about who we like in each game. For those of you who cannot get enough fantasy football and will be playing some sort of fantasy football in the offseason. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk about, well, I'm just going to bring up a game. You guys can bring up whoever you'd like to. We're going to take it in the order that the games are being played. <laughs> you mean the way we preview every game? Yeah, pretty much. Here's um, how we're going to do it, guys. <laughs> Episode Get like, ready because we're mixing it episode up. Episode like 55 of <laughs> yeah. the year. Uh, so the winner of the Colts-Titans game, which looks very much like it's going to be the Colts, is going to go to Houston and play the Texans at 435 on Saturday, January 5th. This is a great quarterback matchup immediately with Luck versus Watson. These two teams split their games in the division awesome this year. Game. Yeah. You know, you give, the, you give the slight edge to Watson at home, but this is a quarterback battle that yeah. I am pumped for right you know i mean if you're doing daily i'm paying up for deandre hopkins i think he's probably one of the best guys left in the playoffs yeah so if there's a guy to pay up for i think you know what you can never go wrong with paying up for deandre hopkins in a must win game for the texans he's sure gonna, you know he's catching 10 balls no problem yeah i don't think it's it's, it's that's a great prop bet to get it to get his your, reception uh, to get some money by on. the way ty hilton murders the Texans but, murders them, but so he's a fine he's play still too. visibly hampered by that ankle, and it's a short week for the Colts because they played Sunday night, and now they have to play quick turnaround on Saturday. So hopefully he's able to get out there and maybe I mean, just what's he going to do? Not play? I, of course he's going there. to play. Yeah, but you know, just something to monitor. I don't know if depending on his price, I don't know only how much, two catches how so far in this game today, yeah. but for sixty-one yards, they're hiding so them because they know that they're going to win. Standard legend. Yeah, that's T.Y. for you. The next game on Saturday, 8-15, the Seahawks going to visit the Cowboys. Let's go. I think Zeke is the guy I'm paying up for in this one. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's just going to be ready to go. They rested in I like week 17. Russell Wilson. If you're, uh, you know, the Seahawks, they get into these games, and then, you know, I know they've ran the ball all year, but this is the kind of game. Well, this is why you have Russell Wilson. You hang in there long enough, and Russell Wilson makes you enough plays to advance on to the next round. So I like Russell a lot. I, I would be fine with, you know, Chris Carson as well, and uh, maybe even a little Mari Cooper action. Maybe, yeah. Could be an interesting Like Like Jarwin? I mean, what a game he had week I mean, seventeen. One of the best, one of the best tight end games of all time. All, just a little too late for your uh, rookie of the year pick, Scott. Yeah, my, my bold prediction. Your bold prediction, yeah. yeah. Just a little too late. <laughs> yeah, only only sixteen yeah. weeks. One week as a tight end one does not quite equate to a top fifteen on the year. A bit of breaking news. What's that? Uh, just came out within ten minutes. We're recording ago. this Sunday night, by the way. Yeah. Um, the Jags have voided all of Leonard Fournette's guarantees. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, he had a bit of a riff with uh, Tom Coughlin, and he's you know he's had his brawls. He's missed the team. They're photos. done with him. And we'll see. Wow. I, it's, it's definitely, Hyde. It's definitely an down. indicator in one TJ direction TJ Yeldon also unrestricted free agent this year. So very interesting what they're going to do with that backfield. Very okay. interesting. And now we and get to start our top 10 storylines going into the offseason. Well, they're not, they're not committed to break Blake Bortles either, so uh, no. it might Ooh. be a uh, full breakdown and rebuild. Yeah, seems like it. I mean, they got get the, a lot they got the draft pick in the market right now. Yeah, for what's, sure. What's scary, though, is like for them and why you wouldn't want to rebuild is because that defense is really actually pretty awesome. They're great. Yeah. So if you put an offense in, you could probably win right now. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not as easy but as it's just also putting funny. an offense in. It's also so funny. It's exactly what you mentioned before. Like the running back is so replaced. 
replaceable in real football. Right. Yeah. That they don't even care. But like in a fantasy football thing, it's like, be like no, Leonard Fournette. I need Leonard Fournette. It's groundbreaking news. We're yeah. like, oh my God, Leonard Fournette. And the Jags literally us. just voided all his money and letting him walk away. <laughs> oh, we'll see. They voided his guarantees. Right. Those of us with Leonard Fournette in Dynasty Leagues are probably holding our breath with incredible anticipation for what happens yeah, with this And situation. same with Carlos Hyde owners, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. I have him in a dynasty. Getting back to the wild Woo-hoo! card round, Tommy actually picked a great time for that because now we can get to Chargers-Ravens. It's the first game, 105 on Sunday afternoon. The Ravens went into the San- into Los Phil's Angeles like, and beat the Chargers. Yeah, Phil's in trouble. <laughs> Phil Rivers coming into this three straight games with a pick on their first drive, and in two of those three games, he threw a pick on his first pass. Over so, under two and a half passes for his first pick. <laughs> I gotta go with the over. Smash that under. That's scary. That's so scary. Um, but either way, I do like if you're playing the NFL, um, the NFL challenge, which is you get you pick your team and it's your team for the whole playoffs. Oh yeah, and it's a multiplier for every single round. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a really interesting play because you sure. can play him all four weeks. And if the Ravens do get to the Super Bowl, like some people are thinking, they're a threat to do. Like that's four times the points, and he's a runner. And here's that something amazing that's floor. a twenty-four point also, rushing touchdown in the Super Bowl. Here's something that you know, if you don't watch every single play and you're not obsessed with every single play update on CBS Sports app, like I am, you might have missed the fact that yes, Lamar Jackson did have two rushing touchdowns, but he lost a fumble on the one where if he moved the ball another centimeter, centimeter. he gets his third rushing touchdown later in that same game. Donnie Lamar Jackson had another thirty-three yard rushing touchdown. Negated by a holding, Ugh. he easily—I'm talking easily—we're inches away from a four rushing touchdown game from a quarterback. Twenty-four alone on just the score, just the scores, the likes alone. of which we'd never seen before. It, uh, never seen, no. like unbelievable. So I, actually I agree like with that you that he fully. What you said, fully, because like, you get to repick if your team loses. So if the if the Ravens lose, you can cut bait and you get Breeze, it's Mahomes, just a free run. anybody, Goff, whoever yeah. you want. It's just a free. I ride. would really like him to. I, I either want them to like go really far because I like Lamar, or lose and he looks badly like and he looks like crap. <laughs> yeah, and I draft him all over next year because yeah. I still do believe that um, you know he's going to be yeah. a god. Yes, for the Chargers, for the Chargers, um, you know King, Mar- Melvin Gordon didn't play in the game against the Ravens, and he left, and he left. This game. Oh, he did. That's right. He did. That's right. So yeah. he did have to monitor that. The Ravens, we'll though. let you know at Ruts FM. He left the he left yeah. the game yeah, with right. the Ravens too. Yeah. 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 So I he, mean, the story of the last couple months with Melvin Gordon is he, he can't make it up. through. So you know, it's a scary, tough one. Man. It's, it's definitely a scary one. He's not the most reliable one. To pick I rely on like Keenan Allen. I think that you know. I actually think that the Chargers will probably lose here. this game. Yeah. I think that they're act- weirdly enough. I think they're even going to go in as the underdogs. I wouldn't, um, even though they're twelve and four. Well, their home field advantage is certainly not the most powerful one in the world. Right, either. but yeah. being them traveling, you yeah, know, yeah, East Coast to play the Ravens is like is harder. I mean, traveling West is easier. True. Yeah. All right. The cold. The last game we yeah, have the time. The time. Chilly. Yeah. The last game we have to talk about Eagles Bears. We talked about this all year. Tom, you had the great point. Only QB you can trust at Soldier Field is Mitch. Is that how we feel about Nick Foles going into this one? Well, let's see if Nick Foles even plays because he leaves the game and Sudfeld had to close it out for the Eagles and get them to the playoffs. But he did, and it's a rib injury. They said Nick Foles looks okay. Yeah, okay is the early prognosis. Very helpful. I think Nick Foles is just a tough guy, and he's just going out there doing what he can. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone on the road at Soldier Field is advisable. No. Yeah. Honestly. Any player at all. Yeah. Yeah. 
The, Doesn't matter who it was. It's yeah. not been good so far. The Bears need to <laughs> hope bad. that the Cowboys and Seahawks can win and continue, or the Seahawks win in the divisional round, because that would mean that they'd only have to play one road game. Because if the Bears and whoever wins the Seahawks Cowboys game wins, the Bears are hosting the NFC Championship game, and that gives the Bears a great shot oh, to get to the saying, Super yeah. Bowl. And so that's, I think, an interesting storyline for I me think going any, into the offseason. The o- I think the only team that I would take to go into the Dome and beat the Saints is the Bears, though. That's an interesting one. I hope that happens. That'd yeah. be a great game. So, yeah, that would be an awesome game. But the Bears are cool. They're a really yeah. interesting team because, like Tom brought up with Tariq Cohen before, you don't really have to throw the ball far down the field to move the ball easily with Tariq Cohen. So I think he could be leaned on heavily in the playoffs. As you see, Jordan Howard, you know, he'll get his 20 touches. And there's enough on this offense to move the ball and get to, sure. you know, get to 20, 24 points. Sure. And then that defense can shut down anybody. So yeah. I think they could, you know, they're very much like the Ravens, yeah, where they can control the clock and they, you know, they have interesting enough playmakers. It's it's much different, but you know, they're still real dangerous for sure, for sure. I agree. I mean, uh, defense travels, defense wins championships, right, Don? Uh, sure. Cliches, yeah. football talk. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, keeps going. No. Um, we're on Twitter <laughs> at RutzFF. You can check us out there. Some late injury updates. Melvin Gordon's going to need to be monitored. T.Y. Hilton, perhaps, as well. Keep up to date with us at RutzFF. Tom's at HillierFF. Scott is at WagsFF. I'm at Why So Serious. The show is on Instagram, straight flexing. Woo! At, in, at RutzFF. Um, don't be... Well, be sure <laughs> to vote. Close out strong now, uh, Donnie. Yeah. yeah vote <laughs> be on sure the to vote polls. on the Twitter polls. It was a, it was a really fun time They're checking the progress of that. They're going to to the episode link. Yes, in it'll the be all tweet. in a thread. Yeah. So you'll be able to just go in, click it once, and just get right through it. It'll be right up there for you. Um, now that this episode is posted, it should be available very soon if not it'll go through the weekend you'll be able to vote on it we'll be uh doing a little bit of a reaction to those awards for next week's episode we will be back with you all next thursday for the divisional round preview and the next one's fun too because it's the accountability episode where we took a look at our bold predictions of the year talk about whether or not they panned out why they did or did not pan out that was a really fun one last year and uh, just just some interesting stuff. I was right on everything, shocker. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> see see what else we were right or wrong about next week. We'll see you Thursday. Enjoy the football. Keep scoring.